This episode is brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. What a difference one week can make. The Ravens coming off a massive win, 36-35 over the Kansas City Chiefs Sunday night. What a difference a week can make. Week one, crushing overtime loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. The sky is falling in Baltimore. Everyone's ready to throw in the towel. Season's over. Not so fast, says John Harbaugh and company. What a game it was Sunday night versus the Chiefs. The Ravens and Lamar Jackson finally get it done versus the Kansas City Chiefs. And Patrick Mahomes was so exciting watching that game. I always try to keep it pretty level on this podcast and just in general with sports. Try not to get too, too excited after big wins. Try not to be too, too you know disappointed and too low after some tough losses. But it's been really hard not to be super fired up after this win Sunday night. Such a fun game to watch. So in our episode this week, we recap, take a look at some takeaways from the massive Ravens win over the Chiefs Sunday night. We also look ahead to our Week 3 matchup versus the Detroit Lions. Going to Detroit Sunday, 1 p.m., take a look at what to watch for. And then in our last segment, we're going to answer some listener questions. So thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Raven Up podcast. Appreciate all the listeners out there. It's been an exciting week. Like I said, try not to get too excited here. It's just another regular season win, but... This one just meant a little more. It felt like it mattered a little bit more. Be sure, subscribe to the podcast. Follow on Twitter at RavenUpPod. Make sure to not miss an episode. Let's get right to it. So I just got done watching the Ravens Wired YouTube video. It's got me all fired up all over again. I feel like I felt Sunday night. If you guys haven't seen that yet, it released tonight. I'm recording this podcast on Wednesday night. Go check that out. Really good stuff. Sammy Watkins was mic'd up for the whole thing. And the Ravens production, their social media team, they do such a good job with those videos. Man, fired up. What a win it was. Shout out to Odafe away. Shout out to Lamar Jackson. Odafe and the Ravens defense, they won that game in the fourth quarter, coming up with a huge fumble recovery. Lamar, he just balled out the entire night. He threw two. Pretty bad interceptions. One wasn't really his fault. Sammy Watkins slipped and fell. But pretty brutal start after Lamar had Hollywood Brown pretty much wide open. Could have been like a 75-yard touchdown pass to start the game. Overthrows him instead. Lamar's is too fired up, I guess. Next throw, Sammy slips and falls. Lamar throws it right to Tyron Matthew, who returns it for pick six. And I was just so deflated after that. I didn't have my hopes up. I wasn't expecting a win. I'm not going to lie. I thought it would be close, but wasn't just expecting a win. And after that, I was just crushed. It's like, this this can't get any worse. Just missed a wide-open touchdown. Next play, pick six. But after that, Lamar got the ball back and marched the Ravens down the field for a touchdown. And for the rest of the night, you could just see how bad he wanted to win. He was giving guys stiff arms instead of running out of bounds. He was flipping into the end zone. He was just so fired up. You hear so much talk about how his will to win is just greater than anyone else. And you saw that Sunday night. 
I love the call to go for it on fourth down to win the game. Fourth and one, you need one yard. The Ravens are in their own, own end, but it doesn't matter. If you can't get one yard when you've been pounding and running the ball like the Ravens did the entire night, if you can't get one yard to finish off the Kansas City Chiefs and to finally beat them, you don't deserve to win the game. You can't give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes because more likely than not, he's going down the field. He's going to kick a game-winning field goal or lead a game-winning drive, and that's just what's going to happen. So I loved the decision to go for it. That's what you have to do to beat the Chiefs. You can't leave it up to Mahomes because more often than not, it's not going to go our way. Just some quick balls off the bat, but let's look at the box score real quick. Lamar Jackson, 18 for 26, good for 239 yards. He did throw for one touchdown to Marquise Brown. As I mentioned, did throw two interceptions. One, not his fault, as I said. The other is he's a really poor decision that I think Lamar tried to force the ball to Hollywood a little bit too bit. But like I said, he came back really strong from those two early interceptions. On the ground, Lamar had 16 carries, 107 yards, good for 6.7 yards for carry, and two touchdowns. Tyson led the way from the running backs, had 13 carries for 77 yards, good for 5.9 yards per carry. Latavius Murray looked solid in that backup, the Gus Edwards role, nine carries, 36 yards, did have one touchdown. And Devontae Freeman had two carries, 29 yards. One was a 30-yard rush um, where he looked really good. Receiving-wise, Pretty much three guys we could count on all night. Marquise Brown, six catches, 113 yards, good for an 18.8 average, did have the touchdown. Mark Andrews, nice bit of a bounce-back performance from Mark, had five catches for 57 yards and was a reliable target for Lamar when he needed him. And then Sammy Watkins, four catches, 44 yards. A little bit of a quieter night for Sammy versus his former team, but he did have a Really big play on third down on the Ravens' last drive, where it was, I believe, like third and seven, and he picked up six yards to give the Ravens a chance even to go for it on that fourth and one play. Probably not going for it if you don't pick up a nice chunk of yards there. So it was a big play from Sammy. But that's a quick look at the box score. A um, couple quick takeaways right away. Crazy wide receiver numbers to start the season. So as I've mentioned, Hollywood Brown and Sammy Watkins have gotten off to really solid starts. Uh, both of them. But after that, there's been a huge drop off. And I get it's only two weeks in the Ravens run ran the ball so much, especially Sunday night, because Kansas City, frankly, could not stop the run. But for the season, Devin Duvernay, he's got two targets, one catch for six yards was a screen uh, week one versus the Raiders. He did. He was in the right place at the right time on that uh, Tyson Williams fumble on the Ravens first touchdown drive. He, he somehow called the ball and pretty much fell into the end zone. So give him credit for that. He was in the right place at the right time. But then James Prochet, who balled out all preseason and training camp, and Tylen Wallace, haven't seen one target for either of them. So just been kind of interesting that really it's been a two-man shell at wide receiver. So these guys haven't really had the opportunity, but we'd like to see a little bit more involvement from the secondary targets in the passing game. But Right away, I just got to give credit to Greg Roman and Wink Martindale. But first, Greg Roman, credit to him. The Ravens have had the top scoring, highest scoring offense the last two years. But people still talk about like, man, we got to fire Greg Roman. Or, you know, after the playoff loss, ah, Greg Roman stinks. Greg Roman this, Greg Roman that. I am not, uh, I would say, massive. You know, Greg Roman is the best offensive coordinator in football. There are areas where he can improve, but... 
Got to give him credit. He put up 481 yards Sunday night, extremely balanced, had 251 yards rushing, 230 passing yards. The Ravens were 6 for 11 on third down, pretty efficient. They controlled the ball for just about 36 minutes, and they scored touchdowns. They weren't kicking field goals for the most part. Those guys scored touchdowns all night, and that's how you beat the Chiefs. You don't kick field goals and end up beating Kansas City. You got to put up 30 plus points to beat the Chiefs, and that's absolutely what the Ravens and Greg Roman did. So, I give him all the credit in the world. They did this without their top two running backs, without their first round wide receiver, without their starting all-pro left tackle on a short week. Uh week versus the two-time defending AFC champs Kansas City Chiefs. So, tons of things working against Greg Roman, and he came out. He put an offensive line group together that got the job done and put up 36 points on the Chiefs. So all the credit in the world to Greg Roman. I thought he called a really good game. He stuck with the run. And listen, the Ravens were down double digits at points uh, in this game. They absolutely just balled out when they needed to. They stuck to the ground game, and Lamar Jackson came back. He played from behind. He did what he needed to do. So all the credit to Greg Roman and the Ravens offensive coaching staff for coming up with the winning formula and sticking to it. Love seeing that. But got to give credit to Wink Martindale as well. He had been 0-3 versus the Chiefs, as the Ravens had the past few years, as their defensive coordinator. But I think in this game, he admitted basically that he needed to change up his own game plan and not blitz Mahomes so much. The past three games, Patrick Mahomes has torn apart, as he does versus pretty much every other team, torn apart their defense when he's blitzed. But Sunday night, the Ravens rarely blitzed, and it honestly worked pretty well. I mean, the Chiefs still got their yards. They still put up points, but... They largely took away Tyreek Hill. They made their secondary, their not guys named Tyreek and Travis Kelsey beat them. Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, Nicole Hardman. They made those guys beat us, which I just got to say real quick. Why does it seem like every Kansas City chief receiver is an Olympic sprinter? Those guys can absolutely fly on that Pringle touchdown. He was moving just every wide receiver they have. I just feel like they're a track star, but the Ravens made those guys beat them, and they almost did, to be honest. <laughs> I, I wasn't looking good for, for a minute there, but props to Wink Martindale. Props to him. He helped with Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey did have a like 50-yard catch and run where the Ravens completely forgot how to tackle. That was such a frustrating play to watch. But if you take that play away, for the most part, Travis was maybe five or six catches for 60 yards. Didn't let him consistently beat us. He had Odafe away, kind of chip him off the line of scrimmage. Didn't let him get uh, you know, free release off the line of scrimmage, and then he'd go rush Pat Mahomes. He is that's exactly what he did on the play where Mahomes threw that interception. Away pressured him, forced Mahomes to make a bad throw. Tavon Young was in the right place at the right time and got a crucial crucial interception. So credit to both Greg Roman and Wink Martindale for just having a great game plan. Sunday night. I also want to hit on a couple of really big underrated moments that I thought hasn't really been talked about much, but right before the half, the Ravens were down by seven. They, I think, took a penalty. It was, it was a first and 25 from their own 21 with 40 seconds left. First and 25 on their 21 yard line with 40 seconds left. You're probably not thinking anything's going to happen here, but next play, Tyson Williams ripped off like a 20-yard rush. The Ravens had one timeout, and they ended up 
putting up three very important points before the halftime. Uh, those three points were huge. Kansas City got the ball to start the third quarter, and you just can't give up on any of your possessions if you want to beat the Chiefs. Every point is massive. Obviously, the Ravens ended up winning 36-35, so those three points are very important, but it wasn't looking very promising. First and 25 from their own 21 with 40 seconds left, so Ravens did really well to get three points on the board. And then another underrated moment, how about the penalty on Ravens long snapper Nick Moore, first year of replacing Morgan Cox as long snapper. He took a penalty. It probably prevented a blocked punt. Uh, It was late in the third quarter, I think it was. Again, you know, you'd rather not mess up the protection there. You'd rather everything be blocked all right. But I think him taking that penalty uh, potentially was a huge, huge positive for the Ravens. They didn't give up a blocked punt and a short field. And at that point, I believe the Ravens were we were down 35-24. And if a blocked punt and short field, that, that may have been that may have been game over at that point. So a couple massive plays, underrated moments that you're not hearing much talked about, but a couple plays that played a very big role in the Ravens win. A couple other takeaways for me from this game. Massive, massive, massive performance from the offensive line. Again, what a difference a week can make. So you start the week, you're coming off a tough loss to the Raiders. Offensive tackles, Ronnie Stanley and Alejandro got beat repeatedly. Now we find out midway through the week, Ronnie Stanley is probably going to be out, not going to play versus the Chiefs, and not good. State of the offensive line is not good. Alejandro had one of the worst weeks ever, you know, <laughs> maybe for right tackles. He was pretty much the worst right tackle in week one, and then comes out, on the left side with Ronnie out and he was one of the best left tackles in week two. So he changed positions. I think he was getting comfortable on the right side in week one, just shaking off some rust while also facing some quality pass rushers. And then he moves back to the left side and he played great. Love seeing him bounce back. Love seeing the Mar Jackson talk about, Hey, he's our guy. We trust him and he's going to perform. Ben Cleveland, Ben Powers, both rotated in and out at left guard. Interesting to see the rotation kind of playing out again. I think later in the year, as Ben Cleveland gets more and more comfortable, as the coaching staff starts to trust him a little bit more, I think we'll start to see him as a starter at left guard. Probably going to be in a rotation here for the next few weeks, if I had to guess. Bradley Bozeman and Kevin Seitler looked really good at center and right guard. And then Patrick McCarry played really well at right tackle. He was making his first career start over on the right side there. You didn't hear his name called almost all game, which is perfect for an offensive tackle. That's what you want to see. It's looking like this group is probably going to be staying the same over the next few weeks, especially as Ronnie Stanley fully recovers from his ankle injury. The Ravens aren't really saying if he'll be back, when he'll be back. So if I had to guess, this is probably going to be the offensive line that we're going to be looking at for the next few weeks. Hollywood Brown, got to talk about the primetime jet. He loves performing in the play or the playoffs and primetime under the lights. Get this though. Here's a stat for you. Very quietly, I might add, Hollywood has a touchdown or 98 yards in 10 straight games going back to last year, including the playoffs. So a touchdown or 98 yards, 10 straight games going back to last year, including the playoffs. So Hollywood is really starting to establish himself as a number one wide receiver. We know Lamar loves to throw to him. Really like seeing him step up and perform. And then just one quick thought on the defense. At this point, the Ravens defense, they've had some tough matchups. The Raiders are 
proving they might be better than we think. They went out and beat Pittsburgh in week two. They have a really good offense, and then obviously we know the Chiefs' offense. So the Ravens have given up the second most points and the third most yards in the NFL so far through two weeks. That's what happens when you play two really good offenses. Seen a lot of people talking about, oh, you know, how bad is this defense going to be? But I have a lot of faith. I have a lot of faith in Wink Martindale. I have zero doubt these guys, I tweeted this the other day, but I have zero doubt that they will be a top 10 unit by season's end. Patrick Queen, Odafe Owe, Justin Matabike, Anthony Averett, they're all going to improve with time. They're all very young, first, second, third year players. And they're going to get better with time. They're young. They're getting game reps. And that's just to, in addition to, oh, yeah, Marlon Humphrey or, oh, yeah, Calais Campbell on the defense. So I'm not too worried about the defense. They have had some tough matchups. But I think starting this Sunday, they're going to start to bounce back. So what a game again. What a game it was Sunday night. So much fun watching the Ravens finally get the monkey off their back and beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But Let's look forward to Sunday and talk about what the Ravens need to do to get a win and what we'll be watching for. The Ravens are going to be heading to Detroit this week to play the Lions, the new look Lions with Jared Goff at quarterback, Dan Campbell at head coach. The Ravens will be having a chance to get to two and one on the year coming off a pretty emotional win. Obviously this could be a letdown game after the hard fought battle Sunday night, but I think Harbaugh will have the guys ready to go. Lamar already talked about Sunday night. Hey, it's on to Detroit. Time to play the Lions. Chance to get the 2-1. and one. Love to see it, especially with the entire division sitting at 1-1. One and one. Hopefully the Ravens can get the 2-1. and one. I think they will. They'll be favored by 8 points to beat the Lions. And just to note, the Ravens have won 14 of their last 15 games when they've been favored by 8 points. I see that happening. What I'll be looking at how about the offensive line? Can they repeat this performance that I just talked about? They gave the Jackson time. They opened up holes in the running game. And as I said, I think this is going to be the group we're going to be seeing for the next few weeks at the very least, depending on Ronnie Stanley's recovery. So I think the line will be able to control the pace of this game in a similar manner as they did last week. I think they can give them more time, open up holes in the run game for Tyson, for the Tavius, for the Mar. So I look to see these guys have another week together, more reps together, and see them continue to gel. How about the Lions defense? Given up 38 points per game so far. Again, only two weeks into the season, so you got to take all these numbers with a grain of salt. But I see the Ravens defense, or uh, I'm sorry, the Ravens offense putting up 30-plus points versus this Lions team. Their secondary has been hit hard with some injuries. Jeff Okuda, the top draft pick from last year, is out for the season. I think Lamar puts up three touchdowns, at least one to Mark Andrews, if not two. Mark's still looking for his first touchdown, so I can easily see him breaking out this week with a touchdown or two. On defense, I think the Ravens, well, as we've seen many times over the past two years, I think the Ravens' offense will get out to an early lead and just let their defense get after it. I think the Ravens' defense can make the Lions pretty one-dimensional. They do have some good running backs and DeAndre Swift and uh, Jamal Williams, but I think the Ravens can, again, get out to a lead and force the Lions to really throw the ball for the majority of this game. I think ultimately they might give up some yards because of the 
pass-happy situation where the game might become, but I think largely they keep the Lions out of the end zone. My prediction is a 34-13 to win, I will say. 34-13. Um, again, the Lions, they've looked okay at times. Week one, they got blown out at first by the 49ers, and then they came back, scored like two or three touchdowns late to make the score uh, a little bit more respectable. And then week two, they played Monday night versus the Packers. Again, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers got up big, but then the Lions fought back and made the game a little bit more competitive. So they're playing really hard under uh, Dan Campbell, first-year head coach. They have some decent players, as I said, TJ Hawkinson. Uh, the running backs are pretty solid, but I just see from a talent perspective, even with all the Ravens injuries, the Lions will just be outmatched. So I'll say a 34-13 win. Really looking forward to having a Sunday game at 1 p.m. I love watching the Ravens under the lights in prime time, but also lose some sleep. Those games have been ending at like midnight. Got to get up and go to work the next morning. So it'll be kind of nice to just have a regular Sunday afternoon, 1 p.m. game. I'm going to try to get a podcast, some instant analysis, my takeaways from the game recorded at some point Sunday. So that'll be ready Monday morning or Sunday night. Um, possibly haven't been able to do that these past two weeks because game's been ending at midnight and haven't been recording a podcast but look to have that podcast out at some point late sunday night monday morning but for now let's move into our final segment and answer some listener questions in our last segment i wanted to get into some listener questions so first question who do we think will lead the ravens in targets on sunday i gotta go with hollywood brown I think Marquise is really establishing himself as a number one receiver in this league. As I said earlier, it's been 10 straight games with either a touchdown or close to 100 yards, 98 I believe to be exact. The Ravens seem to be using a little bit more of that run-pass option and the quick slants to Hollywood. He had one nice catch and run over the middle of the field Sunday night. Um, he sees a lot of those targets on the run-pass options, so... I think Hollywood is probably going to see the most targets come Sunday. He's got 15 total targets on the year. Sammy has 14, and Mark has 10. So not exactly uh, a bold prediction there. I think it'll be more of the same. We know Lamar loves throwing to Marquise, and I think he'll lead the way come Sunday. Next question, how do the Ravens plan to slow down TJ Hawkinson? Uh, great question. TJ has been someone who has gotten off to a really good start. He's got two touchdowns in two games. I do have him on my fantasy squad, so it'll be a little bit tougher to root against uh, Hawk in this game. But, hey, that's what happens. Got to put the Ravens in front of my fantasy team, no doubt about it. Um, I think the Ravens are going to have a similar strategy to how they slowed down Travis Kelsey for the most part. Uh, they can't forget how to tackle, though. Uh, don't want to see that again. I think they're going to use some of their edge defenders, again, like Odafe away to kind of jam him off the line of scrimmage, not allow a free release like we normally see. Chris Board, I think, is going to see some more snaps. Malik Harrison was originally seeing a lot of the coverage from or on Travis Kelsey, and Trav got the better of him a couple times. But I think Chris Board is a better coverage linebacker. I think Malik Harrison is a strong second-year player, better suited to play the running game, so I wouldn't be surprised to see Chris Board with some more snaps, again, covering another really good tight end. 
the Ravens have faced or will have faced three of the best tight ends in the game. Week one, it was Darren Waller. Week two, Travis Kelsey. And week three, it's TJ Hawkinson. So the Ravens' safeties and linebackers are definitely being tested early, but I think they can slow him down. He's pretty much Jared Goff's really only consistent target, so if they keep their eyes on Hawkinson, I don't think their wide receivers are going to give the secondary too many problems. And then just the last question here, what does the market share look like at running back? Who's going to get the most carries? Do you think it stays the same? Um, I do think it stays the same. I think Tyson will be the starter kind of in that feature back role, but it's not going to be a whopping, you know, he plays 90% of the snaps. It's going to be split. I think Tyson will get maybe around 10 to 15 carries, especially if we have a lead. Latavius Murray is uh, still going to get his carries as well. I see him in like the 8 to 10 range. He does have two touchdowns in two games. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him put up another touchdown on Sunday. Then I think Devontae Freeman gets a few touches as well. He did have the nice run on Sunday night. Would maybe see him getting a few touches. But I think it is going to look more of the same. The Ravens like to have a committee at running back. They like to keep their backs fresh coming into the game, hitting a hole, running hard. So I don't see anything changing unless there's an injury, but knock on wood, hope we don't have to deal with any more injuries, especially in the running backs room after everything we went through. So I see it staying the same. Tyson Williams maybe with 13, 14, 15 carries. Latavius Murray maybe with eight. And then maybe Devontae Freeman gets a carry or two. Appreciate having some questions this week. Let me know if you guys have any future questions you want to hear me talk about. But that's going to do it for our episode this week. Shout out to Odafe Oway becoming NFL Defensive Player of the Week as a rookie in only his second game in the NFL. But, oh, wait, I thought he didn't have any sacks last year. I thought he didn't have enough production. Love seeing that. I'm not going to get tired talking about all the people who doubted this draft pick. Odafe away. Know the name. But thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for following along. I appreciate the support and the listeners. I'll talk to you guys after the game at some point on Sunday, hoping to get the podcast up at some point Monday morning. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to follow and subscribe. Have a good rest of your week. Looking forward to the Ravens on Sunday. Let's go Ravens.